I'm just watching the game overall. I watch him tackle Grant Williams. I watch him do some blocking, like setting picks like he was a fullback. And then he talked about it. Like, I wear my badge with honor. Yeah. I, I, I built this reputation. Here's the thing that I have a problem with when it comes down to Draymond. It seemed like he has intimidated every single person on the floor when it comes down to the officials. And I, he's also controlling them. And that's Are you conscious at all of what you're saying about the X's and O's, the game plans, the adjustments could be making their way back to Boston staffers and influencing their decision-making at all? No. Um, I don't say much different on the podcast than I say to you right here. So, nah. What's the X's and O's that I said on the podcast? Curry, long three-pointer. It's good! And the foul! Steph Curry with a chance for a four-point play. And the lead is cut to six. What's the X's and O's that I said on the podcast? You all right? He actually asked. The only real thing I, I noticed that like, really stood out was you talked about how to cover White, Smart, and Horford differently between games one and two. That was really only... Oh, yeah, that was just contesting shots. That, if that's X's and O's, then I don't... You reaching for something? It's all good, though. Keep going. <laughs> reaching heavy. The only thing. Dang. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Dave DeFore here with Keith Parrish for your NBA Finals Game Three recap. Before we start, don't forget you can get this podcast without ads by going to theathletic.com/nba show. Huge game, Keith, because it's the finals. They're all big. 116-100. The Boston Celtics take a... Is it commanding if it's 2-1? They take a 2-1 lead in the NBA Finals with another game at home. Game four is going to be at home. That feels pretty commanding, Keith. I think the 2-1 lead is commanding. We have the stats whenever teams in the finals are tied 1-1. Whoever wins game three, 80% of the time, goes on to win the series. So, yeah, it feels like... It, obviously, you know, when you're two wins away from the title, I think it's fair to call it a commanding lead. Yeah, the Celtics absolutely took care of business at home. This was a rollicking game. It felt maybe closer at times than it actually was. I guess, you know, we can get into it more, but like everyone showed up basically. Like we, you, the stars were the stars tonight and it made for a great finals. Yeah, the stars came out in Boston. I mean, there was we got the NBA PR sending out the list of all the celebrities that were in the house. Uh, Jalen Brown wasn't on that list, but uh, he stood out in this game and he started right away. Keith, he was extremely aggressive driving to the basket. He hit two threes early, kind of uh, shades of game two and a continuation of that fourth quarter from game one. How good was Jalen Brown early and how important was it for him to get started like that? I mean, Boston's first quarter was fantastic and it started with them. Yeah, they came out really, really strongly. Jalen had 17 in that first quarter and it just seemed, it seemed a little bit like, honestly, maybe I'm reading this wrong. I'm not the X's and O's guy. It seemed like the Warriors were not being as aggressive, not being up in the guys in their chest, in their jerseys. They were sagging off some. They were helping off Al Horford, but like Jalen Brown was in command 
getting those jumpers, getting to the bucket, like the whole offensive package was working for him. And it seemed like it, it helped to, obviously the Celtics get out to that lead where maybe for whatever reason, the Warriors didn't come out with the same, I don't know if it was fire or focus or even game plan that they did in game two. Yeah, in that first quarter, Jalen Brown actually created 27 of Boston's 33 points. Uh, credit to Jared Weiss from The Athletic and The Daily Ding for that little tidbit. Uh, I also thought, Keith, his defense, and, and we'll get into it for the whole game, but it started in the first. I mean, he he did a good job uh, when he caught Steph in isolation. I, I thought that he was all over the place for the whole game, but especially in that first quarter. Again, the intensity for Boston was super high, and, and they jumped out. To a big early lead, they led the first quarter 33-22. Again, Jalen Brown creating 27 of those points. So he really was responsible for more points than the Warriors could muster in the first quarter, Keith. Just a hell of a game from him that really continued throughout the night. We got to talk about Jason Tatum, who finally feels like he actually had a Jason Tatum game, not just as a playmaker, but he was able to score tonight too, Keith. Yeah, Jason Tatum, it was a weird game, but we obviously hold our stars to to a higher level. And so we're, we've like nitpick at him. And as I was watching this game, like he had some good moments, but it still felt like he was getting into that bad habit of just trying to draw fouls and not just like go up strong in traffic. And it seemed like, you know, the Warriors, as they kind of clawed back into it, they, they were getting the ball away from him. And maybe he was getting frustrated with like not getting the foul calls, but then, you know, getting into the second half, he absolutely came through. I mean, it was, it was all of them, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, also Marcus Smart. It became the first three teammates since the 84 Lakers to all have 20 points, five rebounds and five assists uh, in a finals game. So yeah, I mean, huge game for Tatum after some disappointing performances after the first couple. Yeah. Jason Tatum also just devastated the hearts of all of us that are like 40 who graduated from high school around the time that he was born in, in his interview. So uh, shout out to Jason Tatum for that one. Uh, he had in this game, he had uh, 26 points was three of nine from three had nine assists. So complete game from him. And once again, on the defensive end, Jason Tatum stepping up has been a great defender all, all playoffs long, but especially in this game, Keith, it's just the Boston Celtics don't have a weak link on defense. And, and speaking of their defense, the story of this game was Rob Williams. He looked spry. He looked springy. He was covering more ground, Keith. This is the guy who, you know, he got a defensive player of the year vote. This is the guy who who probably is the defensive player of the year when you look at what Boston did all season. Uh, pretty big deal to have him out there and looking good. I think the common refrain from everyone breaking down this series, before it even started, it, a lot of it hinged on, I think for a lot of people, what's Robert Williams going to look like? Is he healthy? Game one, he seemed a little bit spryer. Like, all right, he, he seems pretty good. The Celtics look, look they, they're a different level. We know, like you said, there's no weak link on this team defensively. And the Warriors, obviously, they're a great defensive team too, but like, this Celtics team sometimes just feels special defensively the way they can absolutely switch everything. And when you have the rim protection that like Robert Williams provides, you know, like you saw tonight, we're like, oh, he's kind of back again after a down game in game two. Absolutely, he was huge. But like, despite this defensive effort from the Celtics and how good they looked, we still got like iconic, legendary games from Steph and Clay. Like the Splash Brothers were absolutely there, like they were huge. Steph Curry just, you know, kept them in it, got them back in in the second quarter. Just like, you know, I felt like the Celtics beat, you know, a Warriors basically when those guys were, gave them like a really good shot. Like it wasn't like the Warriors totally fell apart or anything. 
Yeah, Clay Thompson has has had a rough final so far. He's actually kind of had a rough playoffs. I mean, only a, a couple of decent games, really. Uh, this was a pretty good game from Clay. I thought he looked much better on offense, obviously looked more comfortable. They tried to get him going in in, in game two in the fourth quarter that was kind of garbage time. And maybe that's, that worked a little bit for him. When you look at the stat sheet stands out 25 points, five of 13 from three. And you mentioned Steph Curry. He, I mean, did Steph Curry stuff six of 11 from three, 31 points for him. It's pretty rare that those guys hit 11 threes in a game that the Warriors lose. Right. I think in the third quarter, as the Warriors made their run, their patented Warriors third quarter run. They outscored the Celtics by eight in that third quarter, which is, do we count that as a win now, Dave? You're like, you, you only got outscored by eight. Like you, you have a chance. Good job. Yeah. Like Steph and Clay, they were, they were 11 for 20 from three at one point. And it was just like, but the Warriors are losing despite those guys playing well. And I think that speaks to how, just how good the Celtics from top to bottom were performing. Yeah. And one of the big reasons why the Warriors were losing because Draymond Green was awful, Keith. He was a non-factor. He he fouled out in this game. Uh, pretty sad for I mean, a performance we said, from him. I we mean, said the stars came points. out. Everyone basically had a good game except arguably Draymond. Draymond. Yeah. Yeah. Is it fair to call that just atrocious? Like, it was a really rough game. He's... He doesn't look at the basket to score. And sometimes it's it's the Warriors overcome it, you know, because of the passing, the playmaking, and then on the offensive glass a lot of times, like you have Draymond and Looney and Wiggins. Like that's how, how the Warriors got to this point. They made it to the finals. But like the Celtics crushed the Warriors on, on the glass. Looney didn't even play after halfway through the third quarter. And Draymond just was a total non-factor. And then, then he fouls out. And honestly, the most shocking thing about this game for me, Dave, when Draymond fouled out, that Iguodala came in, I was like, I, I was literally kind of stunned. Like he wasn't even. I was like, oh, finally Looney's going to come back in to give him a little defensive backbone here, some rebounding help, uh, and and that that move. I mean, I don't know if it, it would have mattered at all, but that move actually literally kind of set me back. I was flabbergasted. I don't know. He played no minutes the rest of the game, Keith. He just like he just like you know what it's it's Iggy time, and I was I could I really couldn't believe it. I was shocked. I actually I, I thought that the score like wait is the score not correct? Is this garbage time? Or are they just trying to get him some run to see if he can get loose? It made no sense to me. But it goes back to Kevon Looney getting no minutes in this game. Plays eleven minutes in the first half. Only plays six to start the third quarter. And Keith, they were dominated, absolutely dominated on the glass. 15 to six offensive rebounding advantage for the Celtics. And one of the, the sneaky secrets to the Warriors success against Memphis in the conference finals against the Mavs and against the Celtics has been second chance points. Those offensive rebounds getting set in and being able to run some quick offense off of those. And it just wasn't there at all. Makes no sense to me, Keith. Why didn't they go to Looney? I, I all I can figure is when the Warriors made their great run when they got their run going in their third quarter. By the way, they had a seven-point play. That has to be the first seven-point play in finals history, uh, thanks to a flagrant foul on Al Horford. When they finally, they took the lead. They went on this big run. They took the lead. I'm just guessing that that was done without Looney. It was one of those things like, all right, we're playing better or small. We're playing Steph a few more minutes. So whatever it was, Kerr and the coaching staff felt like our best 
performance tonight has been without Looney, so maybe we're just going to play a little bit smaller. But maybe it's because I cover the Grizzlies and I just have it seared into my head that, like, the Grizzlies could not keep Wiggins and Looney and Draymond together, couldn't keep them off the glass. And, like, the Grizzlies were a great rebounding team. And so watching this game three, I was like, Where's Looney? Like, the Celtics have, have regained their composure. Marcus Smart makes that big three-pointer to give the Celtics the lead again. And all of a sudden, it's like, all right, Tatum's got it going. Tatum's going to the bucket. They're making all these hustle plays. Al Horford's being amazing. And it's just like, all right, when's Looney coming back in? Because, like, the, the Warriors on the ropes, and I was. I, I'm with you there. I was just surprised he never got a chance to come back in. Yeah, and uh, one of the little sub-themes of the night, Keith, foul trouble. Steph Curry was in foul trouble early in this game. Picks up two quick fouls. Now, Steve Kerr didn't foul him out, kept him out there. But there were times, Keith, where I was arguing with, with Steve Kerr, myself sitting on the couch saying, well, if Steph's going to play defense like this, you might as well take him out of the game because he was awful. It really affected them. And, Keith, when you look at the box score, you see Andrew Wiggins, four fouls. Steph Curry, four fouls. Draymond Green, of course, fouling out. No Celtic had more than three fouls in this game. You, you worry about the discrepancy there. I mean, you were the ref defender. Obviously, game two felt like the Warriors had a very favorable whistle. Game three at home in Boston, Scott Foster officiating. Now the Celtics 13-0 and in playoff games officiated by Scott Foster. Uh, any kind of a conspiracy there, Keith? I, you know, watching this game, I it didn't cross my mind. Uh, now that you bring it up to me now, maybe I can rewatch with a different slant. No, I, I didn't think the refereeing, the, there were calls both ways. Like Steph got a couple of his fouls were just unfortunate. Like one of them was a great job by Derek White tricking the referees, you know, and that, which is, this is a part of the game. The league has accepted because they stopped sending out flopping fines. They don't care. Uh, so like, that's just, that's part of the game. And like you said, he didn't foul out. So it didn't matter. Draymond fouling out again, watching it live. I was like, oh, Looney's coming back in. This will help. But Looney did not come back in. Uh, yeah, the Draymond foul out, probably not going to matter that much. That weird scrum loose ball that was like a middle school basketball game where the referees didn't blow the whistle because they couldn't determine that the ball was tied up. I, the big point of that is, did Steph Curry get banged up? Because he looked to be in pain in that moment. Will that have a residual effect going forward in this series as the Warriors look to try to bounce back? Yeah, that was an extremely odd play uh, just from a basketball perspective. They let this scrum go on quite a while. And, I mean, you, you're, I'm not going to blame anyone for for Steph maybe picking up an injury, although I don't know. I mean, he stayed out there, and um, it's the finals, so you, you never know if a guy is actually hurt or not until the day after. Um, Al Horford kind of landed awkwardly going for the ball on Steph Curry's leg from behind. Oh, shot clock falling away. Tatum short. Smart comes up with the ball, but couldn't hold on. Everybody diving on the floor. Curry comes up with it. Horford has it. Smart wrestles it away. And a foul on Golden State. All-out effort from both teams. And Steph Curry is laying down. Not sure if he got hurt as they were diving for loose balls. So we don't know if he got hurt there. Then he caught an elbow to the ribs from Marcus Smart later on in the game, just kind of getting beat up a little bit. But Draymond was playing large swaths of this game like he was trying to foul out. Like he wanted to get to his podcast, Mike. He got, he got I think it was his fifth foul. He got called for one foul where he jumped on Jalen Brown trying to tie him up. And then he's like yelling that that's not a foul. 
he fouled him so plainly before the jump ball part even happened where it's like they were letting a lot of stuff go. And again, refereeing is impossible. Refereeing NBA athletes is impossible, especially when they're actively trying to deceive you uh, for most of the game. Marcus Smart and Derek White and Draymond Green. So like, you know, I have all the sympathies in the world. But yeah, like Draymond, it didn't seem like his head was totally locked into what he needed to be doing. And he did seem reckless in the fouls he was committing. And, you know, the way he fouled out didn't seem like he was playing his best. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I know I'm looking outside right now. Sun's out. Birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids and Honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. And Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class, or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. And I want to swing back to the third quarter because the Warriors have just dominated in these third quarters. I, I They are outscoring them. They outscored them by eight in this game, 21 in game two, 14 in game one. But I want to go through this run that, that I thought – the Celtics saved this game for themselves. Steph hit some back-to-back threes and then uh, draws a charge on the other end, get the lead down to eight, and then things sort of fall apart for the Warriors. They blow a layup that would have made the lead six. Then Steph comes down, picks up his fourth foul on a really bad reach-in for Marcus Smart that some somehow he was given credit for a, a three-point attempt on, which good for Marcus Smart for just taking the shot, but what a bad reach by Steph Curry. And then Smart, after the free throws, creates a, a turnover on Draymond Green. Again, wasn't playing like he wanted to be there tonight. Horford then grabs the ball, gives it to the ref to get out of bounds while the Warriors are all complaining about a, a missed foul call. Jalen Brown catches a you know a 90-foot touchdown pass for a streaking dunk. The lead goes back up to 13. And, and that was the key moment in the game to me because – This Celtics team has shown that they can just eat punch after punch after punch, including getting blown out in game two. To come back in the first quarter of this game, they held the Warriors to eight of 23 from the field in the first quarter. They were fired up very obviously, two of 10 from three in that first quarter for the Warriors. I thought it was a a hell of a statement that continued. You know that that punch is coming. You know the haymakers coming in the third, and they just took it. Well, both these teams, I think, you know, clearly probably the best two teams in the league. They've earned the right to get here in the finals against each other. And it's because when they get punched, they punch back. And the Warriors have not lost two straight games in the playoffs. They've, they're undefeated following a loss in the playoffs. The Celtics are also undefeated following a loss in this year's playoffs. 
something has to give if the Warriors want to win the title. Because if they keep trading losses, uh, wins and losses, well, that means the Celtics wins in seven. So the Warriors, you know, they, they took the punch tonight. Their history so far this postseason, and you can count the, the many years of this dynastic run, is they fight back. So in game four, you assume they're going to get there again. Like, again, going back to the Stephen Clay thing, you don't normally expect the Warriors to lose when Steph and Clay are awesome. And I think Steph and Clay were legit. They were great. And like Steph's been totally locked in this entire playoffs, uh, this, this entire series. He's got 18 three pointers already. I know we basically are we're numb to Steph Curry's shooting numbers, but 18 threes through the first three finals game. It's nuts. Can we get Steph Curry some help? Please. That's all I'm asking for. Can can his, the rest of his teammates show up? They only got one day off between game three and game four. So game four is going to be Friday night. We will have the ding live right after the game. We got Andrew Schlecht. We got Mark Schindler on the case there. For Keith, I'm Dave. That's going to do it for the show, folks. Hope you guys are enjoying the finals. Keith, let's get out of here. Ding, ding. I'm just watching the game overall. I'm watching him tackle Grant Williams. I watch him do some blocking, like setting 